Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Still Jerry, David and Max are here. Yeah, guys, it is 2018. Yeah, and I, I wish this was like a, a joyous occasion, but after two two crap games, uh, we're all we're all kind of down. You know, we're trying to trying to motivate, get pumped. Uh, but I don't know if you're gonna hear a lot of that. Uh, this this go round, but we'll do our best to stay positive. And for some of you, that's gonna be really annoying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's go through very quickly the uh, the summary of what's happening this uh, this show for the podcasters out there. We're gonna start with a Man U reaction. We're probably not even going to give a reaction to the Bournemouth game because it's you know it, it's probably not worth it. Uh, so we'll go through that. Uh, both both Max and David went. They were they they went the game, and yeah. Uh, so they'll give us some. They'll probably be a little more sensitive than I am. Uh, then we'll give a Jink Tosin latest. What is going on with that transfer? It's becoming a very Evertony transfer. Yeah, because that's a word. Uh, then we're Evertony. Gonna, Evertony. <laughs> uh, so then we're uh, gonna be doing a, a Remember Me. All right, about one of our more exciting January transfers that turned into it was just weird just a weird situation altogether so we'll do a remember me Lucina Triore and then we'll be doing a 2017 best worst list how's that gonna work don't know no idea um so there we go so we need to get into the menu reaction so uh, Max and David have a lot in common lately um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, similar hair and beard mustache template, uh, and they they apparently they didn't tell me they were doing that, and then they didn't tell me that there's apparently a a toffee blue view uniform that they've been implementing lately. I'm just not only am I an ocean away, but I also just don't know the styles of the show anymore. That's probably better that way. All right. Yeah. I haven't gone beard and mustache for at least six years. You would see more silver, you know. <laughs> is this your way saying? Is this your way saying you can't grow one, Jerry, or what? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll be honest. I, mean, I can. The, the silence. The silence initially was definitely there. To be fair, yeah. I. Yeah. Think so. We've struck a nerve. I, I assure you, I have pictures where I've gone full bearded. I, I swear. <laughs> Uh, my silence was like, how can I answer this in a witty way? And I came up with nothing. <laughs> I had shit. Yeah, welcome, to, welcome to my world every day. <laughs> yeah. Usually if I've got a, a time where I'm silent, I'm like, it's like Jerry's trying to figure out something funny to say and he's blowing it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but guys, I, I, you know, uniforms and, and, and uh, twins aside, uh, guys – you were both at the at the game. Um, sad times. Who wants to start? Who wants to start with this shit? God. Go on, I will. Um, yeah, I, I, it, that was a real difficult game. Actually, yesterday to watch. Um, I was really. Uh, impressed with the first, say, 15 minutes because it looked like we'd learned something from those previous 
three or four games, uh, we looked like we had a bit of attacking intent. In fact, even the lineup looked like it had a bit more of an attacking intent behind it. Um, so we started well. I thought uh, Davis was playing well, which we've said on here before. When he's in an attacking team, he does seem to do a lot more than when he's set up defensively. Um, and we were creating chances. United were still in the game as well, of course. Probably still the better team, but you know, I thought we're going to have a go today, thankfully, and he set them up right. And then it was as the second, as the first half, Peter. That was a little bit you could see the tide was changing, and then <coughs> that second half was just shocking. I thought um, it, it, it's like we we come out a different side. Um, we we just sat back. Um, I felt like it was only a matter of time before they scored. And, the, you know, it just before that goal, Rooney had a decent chance. And he's kind of not not pulled the trigger on a shot. And they went up the other end and scored. And then substitution straight after, it was just unbelievable. McCarthy actually ended up playing quite well. But to bring Rooney off, just crazy for me. He's, he's, he's one of our rare goal threats in the team. Um, and then the second was inevitable. Probably could have been a few more. Felt like United didn't really get out of third gear actually in that second half, and just a pitiful performance again. Uh, I don't want to hog all the moaning, so I'll let you all have your own little bit there. But yeah, I was really disappointed. Yeah, um, I could see the second half performance happening from the way we were almost set up in the first half because whenever Man United had the ball, in which nine times out of ten would be in our half. The whole team, but Nias would be behind the ball, and the nearest player to him would be Tom Davies, which is about 40 yards away. Um, the defence tried to hold the line just in front of the box, and as uh, you know, as David said, first half we kind of we held it quite well, um, but that that second half, Rooney, you know, it just the story writes itself, really, doesn't it? I mean, Rooney gave the ball away for United um, to go down the other end and score and from that I think Rooney's head dropped a little bit because he was put, giving more balls away you know sloppy passing and that's probably why the change went ahead bringing McCarthy on but I've got, I really disagreed with it because by bringing McCarthy on I was thinking that's that's not how can we change the game that's damage limitation that's you know we don't want to concede two or three by bringing McCarthy on and it just we looked so limited. In you know, as David said, in the first half we did look like we were creating chances with Balasic and Balassi on the wing, but Balassi just isn't fit. He, you know, uh, that's that's no fault of his own. He did good at put in a good forty-five minutes to start off, but I don't understand after the, after Aaron Lennon's performances and the, the way Aaron Lennon's been playing. If you want, if you want Balassi to make an impact, why not start Lennon and then bring Balassi on? You know, there's just so many holes that you can poke in Allardyce's decisions there, and they're starting to rear ahead more and more as the games uh, are going through. And I don't think I've been quite so frustrated watching Everton in a long time after that Man United performance there. Second half was weird. Uh, watching it, it was, it was, uh, it felt hopeless for about 75% of that second half. Um, Manu on the front foot, defend, defend, defend. We clear it out. Manu get the ball again. 
They pass around, find an opening, we defend, 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 we clear it out, man, you get it. It's like we, we can't maintain any possession after defending. You know, every single time we would give it away, would not even get into our half. We could not even cross in to be able to get anywhere close to the goal. And it didn't happen until we brought in McCarthy. And did anybody think that sub was going to work out at all? No one. No, I mean, but I mean, I still, I still don't have an issue. Yeah, I still don't have an issue with McCarthy coming on. By the way, but for me, it's just not in the place of Rooney. I, I thought the perfect substitution would have been for Schneidlin. I yes. didn't think he had a good game That's again. Totally, that was right. the perfect substitution. It didn't happen, and it just felt like United were quite. Re- we, we we've used this word before, but United were quite reactive, and I think they were a little bit apprehensive maybe before the game, and maybe that's how they started, and then they almost. You know, they've seen the way we've set up, the way we've been playing, especially the way we started that second half, and he sensed blood. Mm. I, my, pro- my problem with this is Man United, Man United were apprehensive. You know, you, you, can only, you only need to be scrolling through football media for about five minutes, not even that, and you'll see the amount of scrutiny that that club's under. Not yeah, just on no winning four either. No winning four. I, I tweeted that last night. You know they, they haven't won in four. So that um, when I seen the starting lineup, I thought he had he starting with two wingers. Uh, maybe you know he's he's gonna either you know hit them on the counter attack or actually try and play more football. But as the game panned out, the only option, particularly in that second half, which as you say, Jerry did make us look hopeless, was the long ball up to Nias and. It becomes so much more evident that Nias just isn't good enough. His touch is awful. He'll chase and chase, you know, he's all bad, but he just hasn't got a touch, you know, and that that is problematic because when your only option is that long ball up top, if he can't control it, there's no point in even playing it. So, you know, United just caught sort of smell blood there, and because we were unproductive, as you say, Jerry, it kind of just seemed to be long ball, they failed, and then they go on the attack. And the amount of pressure that the defence were under, you know, they, they were going to crack. And that's one of the things Allardyce has talked about, how he's simplifying everything. He's simplified. So one of, the, one, of the, one of the things he wants his defenders to do is, if it seems like a tough play, if it seems like you're going to have to overwork to, like, play football, just get rid of it. Just launch it out. Just clear it out every time. The problem is, a lot of times, our clearances were aimless. They would go out of bounds, or they would go straight to straight to United, or they would go to a striker who's who's not known for his hold-up play. You know, and that's it was it was really frustrating. And the only thing that really gave us a flurry, and there was a flurry second half where we were outplaying them. It was short, short-lived, very brief. But McCarthy comes in, and his energy and and tough tackling, he looked good. McCarthy looked good. First time I've been able to say that in a really long time. And I agree with I agree with David said. You put McCarthy in for Schneidel, and Schneiderlin pissed me off yesterday. There were times where you're like, oh wow, that's that's a nice tackle. And then there was one time, second half, I, sh- I was it second half, the ball loose ball in, in the box. All right, Schneiderlin looks up and chooses not to sprint toward it. Chooses to stay where he is instead of actually sprinting toward it to beat to beat the def- to beat the, the, the their offense to the ball. All right, I watched him hesitate. Like I'm not going to do that. Oh hell they, no! They are they're the small margins that matter in games when the, when the fine. But at this level, anyway, you're playing in the elite here. So these are the small margins. Wanting the ball a little bit more than the opposition matters, and 
I don't think Snardland's head's even even here anymore. To be honest, no. I think he's. And, but that's why I can't understand why he seems to still be playing so often. All right, I suppose Gay was injured, but I don't know. I don't. I, he seems to be one of these. That's me. Can I just flag that up? I I think that's a strange managerial decision because we we talked about it on the last show. We didn't think Gay would be in the squad for Bournemouth, but he started. Mm-hmm. And you know, going going off against Chelsea, you know, it was quite evident it was a hamstring injury and you know, I've had surgery on my hamstring. Anyone who's had a bloody hamstring injury knows you're not gonna be you're not gonna be playing within a few days after that. Mm-hmm. So the decision to play him against Bournemouth, yeah, I know he scored, but to be out for a game as, as crucial and as big as United, I think again that's another poor decision from Sam. Do you think that, and this is serious because he's tipped to this kind of thinking before. But you remember when we were talking, we were doing, uh, was it our Chelsea reaction? Where we were talking about an interview that Sam had done earlier in the week. Who He was more invested in, what was this, the Swansea game? He was more focused on, uh, what was it that was right before that? It was, it was the game right before Chelsea, okay? But he was mainly more focused on playing a oh, lower, Swansea. it was Swansea? Yeah, he was more yeah. focused on getting the point for that one than he was about really caring what happened at Chelsea. He was like, you know what, if we get a point, whatever, Chelsea, we're not expected to. I'm wondering if yeah. he was thinking, let's try to get something at Bournemouth and just admit that we'll see what we can do against Man U and then maybe be able to start our starters again next, you know, this coming week in the Derby. That's a loser's mentality. That's a loser's mentality. It's really strange. That one tactic fits all again as, as well. Where it's just kind of this exactly. sit back and we get something. Then yeah, great. But he's yeah, oh, it's frustrating. I know it, it just seems to be this one tactical approach, which is react to whatever happens. We don't yeah, seem don't, to don't have see it. game plan. It yeah. was it was hold them out for as long as we can. And what what is worth noting against well. I was going to say this Man United side, but any Man, any Man United side over the last 25 years, really, they are so efficient at maintaining the leads, whether that means wasting time or just just dragging time out through playing boring football. And I know it's just a, a little thing to pick up on. Every substitution that they made, the, the man who was coming off over the far side of the pitch walked off gingerly, slowly. Just one of those things. It's time wasting, and I'm not I'm not moaning about it by any means because it's an efficient way to see out your wins. But even after that, there was no kind of um, kind of intensity or desire from from the team to try and just force a, an attacking move. Because the, the more the game dragged out, as Jerry said, we did have a second <coughs> half where we did look like we were going to cause problems. But ultimately, when they don't result in anything, our, our heads just continue to go down and just accept all these these oncoming attacks from United. And I mean, I let's be honest. Mentality. Yeah, I don't think that that game could have been played for another four hours of there. I don't think we would have scored. I think he would already. I think they were more relieved for the final whistle than United um, because. United really that that second half is probably one of the easiest forty five minutes they're gonna play this season. Um yeah. It, it was just a, such a disappointing performance and 
it, it's a, I think it's been a reality check, thankfully, these last few games that you know I th- we were all we all thought we'd turn this corner and we were we were talking about Europe and you know pushing on and and uh, once again they'd be looking to get top ten at the moment. Um, you start wondering, you know, where are we looking in these other games? Start looking at those key events when Liverpool, like, you know, they won their luck. They should, should have made it two before half time. Very sloppy, and they didn't. If they scored that, they'd probably beat us about four or five nil. We got a penalty right on half time against Swansea when we were one nil down, pulled one back there. There's been a few of them that have just gone against West Brom. They had a really good chance, didn't they? There's been a few of them that have kind of gone our way that under Koeman probably weren't because you're just not getting the rubber the green where it's not going well for you. But I feel like we've had a few go out. Even even the penalty at Anfield as well. You know, we've yeah. had one in 80-odd years. It, it, it was a penalty, but it was a 50-50 really. And many a time we'd never get them. We got it. On another <coughs> day we wouldn't, so we got beat there. So you just start thinking, well, hold on, have we been a little bit lucky recently? And now it's all kind of coming back on us and we haven't actually improved as much as we thought we had. So two questions that uh, I think I want to lead into possible changes for coming up for the, I guess, the Cup Derby. It's coming up this is it Friday. Um, yeah. So two questions. Number one, here, here in the States, the one player that, uh, that everybody's talking about is Pogba. Okay? They're claiming he took the game by the scruff of the neck, whatever. Uh, did you guys feel like the midfield, the center midfield, is where they were most dominant in this particular game? The whole team was set up as a defensive unit. So I, I think in that respect, when when there's no kind of... There was no re- I mean, I know, as I said earlier, the, the, the defense were trying to hold the line just in front of the box. But when the whole team set up as a defensive unit with no attacking outlet, well, no effective attacking outlet. I think it's just easy to say the whole the whole team was overrun really as time kind of passed and particularly in that second half the the more worried the, the team looked because they weren't they weren't creating any substantial chances United as you say Pogba was becoming increasingly more dangerous and you know the likes of Jesse Lingard and Martial they were running at us you know and it was it was hard to watch because and just a little thing like we mentioned with Schneiderlin before, refusing to go in for the ball. The whole team kind of had that half-assed mentality. It might not have even been half-assed. It, it, it might have just been scared. And, you know, it's just the same things. Whereas you think we're turning a corner. There's just this mentality block that hits us again and again and again. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought Pogba played well. But I think he was given it easy... Uh, certainly, second half. Anyway, I don't. I don't think he had to be playing at the top of his game to kind of be so influential on the match. Yeah. See, that's see, that's what I'm that's what I'm leading to here. Uh, I think just a gay being out was a huge miss. You know, you alluded to it yeah. a little bit, Max. I think it was a bigger miss than we we were prepared to really you know understand. I remember last season uh, when and he had accumulated a, a, a too many yellow cards and we, he was out against Chelsea. And we just got mm. obliterated. Um, I think he does a lot more than I, I think. We don't really have a whole lot of answers when he's not in. Um, I'm hoping that McCarthy, if he brings that kind of energy to every game, uh, maybe he can kind of fill in there. 
But I, I have yeah. no idea. I, I felt like the reason what you're talking about, David, is Pogba had an easier time. I just don't think there's anybody who is up to you know up with him. Uh, first half, Davies was in his face. Davis had no problem. You know, somebody tweeted something about uh, Davies not realizing that he's clearly outsized against Pogba, and it was great. You know, mm. first, first half, Davies played all right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think second half, things were made very easy for him. Uh, and if yeah. and, and it's that it's that position and it's that, that that right in front of the four backs that defensive mid position, I, 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 one of the reasons why we want Nzanzi. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, I'm hoping. Plus, we yeah. need someone to be able to get the ball forward, and he can do that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, because um, that's I, I have no idea if if Ghana is going to be okay to play on Friday, but that's the one thing, the number one biggest thing that I would change about our squad is. Let's get somebody who's not Schneiderlin that we can depend on in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Schneiderlin is a strong enough character. I think he's a good enough player, but there's a reason why he couldn't make the cut at United, mm-hmm. and he didn't last very long. And yeah. just too many of them players in our squad. That's why we we seem to be so so poor, especially against bigger sides. And it's been going on for a long time now. I think that's what's so disheartening. You know, yeah. it's hard to get motivated for these big games anymore because. We look already beat before we play them. Yeah. Um, so really quick, these need to be quick reactions. Okay, I'm gonna name some players. Just give me your quick reaction on how you thought they played. All right, uh, Bolasi. No end product. You know, he showed that he can still beat a man, but he needs to work on his end product. Okay. Hmm. A quick concern with him is that he, people are saying about his fitness, which I agree with, but. I always remember them being very similar to this, hot and cold. So, yeah, I thought he showed glimpses, but as Max said, he needs to do a little bit more at the end of his tricks and skills. Uh, I thought his athleticism was better than I expected coming off that injury, and I didn't think he had a lot to work with. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he would get to the corner, he would get around, and he would have absolutely no one to cross to. Mm-hmm. There was Please nobody do. there. So the uh, I don't know if he needs to work on finding a way to get his head up before he makes that cross so he knows nobody's there so he won't make the cross and he can maybe cut in a little bit more. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I still think he was one of our more influential players during the game. So. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Vl- Vlasic. No, he, 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 did, he did well. I, I thought, you know, because... I think he, he was uh, he was another player that's worth mentioning that got stuck into Pogba as well and all the, all these other big names really you know he was, he was he was trying his best but when when there's not much not much else attacking movement going on really there was nothing else going on ahead of him or anything in field that he could play it into so I mean I'm all for him playing but the old team need to step the game up if they want to see the best out of him. Okay. I think it totally depends where in the ground or what camera angle you're watching because people said he had a great game and other people say, this is what I mean, There's not, he's got nothing going for him, he needs to be gone. I, I personally think he's he's a good player and he showed glimpses of it again yesterday. Don't forget the lads how he played, has he? So I was quite content with him. thought uh, holding onto the ball, he did a pretty pretty solid job. However, I saw him again have that same issue of tracking his man back. Right, that happened several. It's happened before when he's played, and I still think he's struggling, struggling with certain defensive responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. He gave up a one-two, and I guess it was Pogba. He was supposed to be following. 
He's supposed to be keeping yeah. keeping track with him, and he just he just let him go right by. He it was ball watching, you know, and that's that's he uh, yeah. It, it's a sign of a of a younger player who's not entirely concentrated yeah. on the defensive responsibilities. Um, yeah. uh, or used to such a defensive setup. That's a good mm-hmm. that's a good point. Um, I think we all agree McCarthy played better than expected, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was good to see him throw in a good few tackles and show that he was, you know, up for it and looking fit. Again, it's it's just concerns how how long is he going to be fit for? Because I've always been a big advocate of McCarthy, as I think you know, he, he shares a lot of different defensive responsibility in that he can still start attacks as well. But you know, it's just his hamstring because he seems to just have this awful problem with his hamstring. Yeah. It's just how long it can can he be fit for, and how can we include him in the team? Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing to add on that. Yeah, I thought he done well when he when he come on, and he did have a little bit of add a little bit of bite, sorry, to the to the side for a little while. I'm a little concerned about him staying on the field. You know, there's a couple of those couple of his tackles seemed a little borderline reckless. I was happy to see him, but yeah. I was surprised he didn't get carded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and we've already talked about Nias. Uh, he's one of those guys who can create a chance out of literally nothing, but, but he's also, you're going to see him have one of the worst touches you've ever seen in a professional footballer. He makes bad decisions. He is the most unpredictable thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. No yeah, idea what actually, you're going to yeah. get. He actually Not missed the Sorry, what? Didn't he? I was just saying, he actually missed a really good chance where mm-hmm. he kind of shouldered it near post. Um, but this is the thing that we've already said: he's he'll score your goals only, but you need someone up there with him because he's got no he's got no build up or hold up play really. That's right. Yeah, as I was saying as well, the closest to a player, the closest player to him after the game was Davies, who was standing bloody forty yards away. I mean, it was every man behind the ball whenever United had it, except from the apps. And I mean. As you said, Jerry's decision making was pretty awful against United. There, there was moments when he was closing. Then United, um, even even like David de Gea when David de Gea had the ball and he was just passing it around the defence. Just the, he wasn't cutting the lines of passing. It was just like running straight at the man. It was just poor, poor decision making. Right. Um, you know, Schneiderlin didn't play well. We all acknowledge that. Maybe there's a mental issue here. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a character issue. Um, Rooney. Uh, Got some opportunities, gives us some key passes, but really gave the ball away very often. That was a big game for Wayne Rooney um, from from his own personal position. And uh, from a fan looking on, I wanted him to do well. I was like, you know, you're a big game player, and especially playing back against these, you know, we were you were basically anonymous against them away. So, you know, try and make this one of your big games, which you all, we all know that you're capable of doing, but as I say, just for the story of the game, he, I, I just I could see it the moment he gave that ball away. It was really sloppy as well. I could just see it going down and scoring. I can understand why he came off because he just became a liability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was poor from him. Yeah, I thought he was off the boil, but I still think the substitution was wrong. I, I think he's the he's the type of guy who's been there and done it. And even on off days, he can win your games. And I think he he would have been our main goal threat. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't his best game, sadly. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken him out, but he was 
he was not performing very well. But for him, though, it takes just one moment for him to be in the right place, one moment for him yeah. to make one amazing pass. So I would mm-hmm. keep him in as long as possible. Um, lastly, Holgate, playing out of position. Uh, I've heard he's another one of those. I've heard very diverse reports on, on whether or not he played well or, or what. I, I personally didn't think he was that bad. But I do think they targeted his side because he was out of position. I'll yeah. just echo what you said. I, I I think he was all right, but not yeah. special. I think he I, he was one of the players where in that first half performance, I probably thought he was one of our best players because you know they they were quite fluid in that you know as you say he was getting targeted down that side, but he did track the runs of Lingard of Martial really well. See, even to the point where he was cutting out the pass in cutting cutting out the passing lines and forcing United to take shots from long range, which is good because it indicates that you're frustrating them. But in that second half, they just you know as David said, it was a different team that came out and you know they just outplayed us. Yeah. yeah, strange, strange lineup, strange personnel to start this game from Sam. It seemed to me like it was a like it was. If you're going to rest the players, that that seemed like the team you would play against Bournemouth, not Man U. Exactly what you were saying earlier, Max. The strange, strange decisions yesterday from the big man. Um, anything else, guys? Uh, hopefully, we'll. I, I, I can definitely say with certainty we will not see the exact same setup coming up this yeah. Friday. Uh, and, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Let's just let's just move on from this game. It was a. Depressing me, and I've, I've never, I can't remember us being so subdued. Just a stinker. All right, so um, yeah, I we're thinking it's going to go up from here. There's our moment of hope. We're we're going to yeah. end with some hope. We Finish think on a high. It will be better on Friday. Damn it. Um, so <laughs> that's <coughs> that's. Uh, that's it for our Man U reaction. We're hoping we haven't uh, depressed you into oblivion. Hi, everybody. Jerry here. Uh, the following segment was recorded on Tuesday, January 2nd. Um, since then, there have been a few more bits of information that have leaked out about the Tosin transfer saga. I'll give you an update about that later on in the segment. Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry, David and Max are here. Yeah, they're here in the room with me. Roland's back there, as usual. Uh, and it's time we, we, gave, we give an update. The strongest transfer link that Everton has this January has been Jink Tosin for, uh, to be a, because we need a goal scorer. We need someone who can hold up play. We need someone who can be clinical, yeah. take advantage of what few chances we have. Uh, and, and he seems like a solid candidate for that. Um, big, big hello to all the, Besiktas supporters who are watching right now, uh, we, we, we consider uh, you folks to be the sole reason the last transfer video is sitting at over three and a half, uh, 3.5 thousand, so 3,500 views on there. So Turkish football fans have been awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. They're all saying, like, really encouraging stuff. Uh, a lot of them have talked about how they're going to be Everton supporters now. They're just awesome. Just great. Well, this this is this is why me and Max kind of pull our black slash whitish tops yeah. on. But yeah. Jerry didn't get the memo. He, he got blue and white. He got mistaken. So yeah, apologies about that. But we're, we're repping the sick ass. Not an Everton podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a sick ass. And very similar, podcast. very similar to the, to real life. I'm left out again. Ah, <laughs> that breaks me heart, Jerry. <laughs> All right. So, uh, latest info on Jinktosin. So, it's been a roller coaster ride recently because what Everton transfer is not a roller coaster ride? Um, People were saying before the new year, this one is done and dusted. He's gonna he's he's taking a medical really soon. He'll be announced New Year's Day or the second. Okay. there were rumors that West Ham had made, had made a bid, but West Ham ITK came out and said that's not true. Basically, but the Turkish stor- sources like this whole time have been very consistent. They said, it's done. It's happening. Chill out. Chinktosun is coming to you. Relax. You will get many goals. So that then in the latest, uh, recently, some English press have come out and said that we are confident this move is going to happen. Uh, it could be sometime later today or tomorrow. Which would be the third. So, uh, people are blaming Everton, saying this is just this is Walsh's fault. This is typical Everton. Normally, it's Kinwright we blame, right? Um, well, it has to be someone, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to be Evans. Someone's yeah. fault. Uh, yeah. There's, no, there's, not, there's, not a, there's not a transfer quite like an Everton transfer. <laughs> yeah. Because um, the rumor was they wanted. <laughs> That's so true. The, the rumors was they wanted two two more million, and Walsh got annoyed and said, "No, we had an agreement. We're not going to do that." So about this alleged price hike, we have no idea if this is actually true. I referred to it as a rumor, um, and, and yeah, it might be. The president of Besiktas came in, came out. Uh, in an interview and said that's not true that they basically have stuck to the same script the whole time this is what the price will be um said that the, you know negotiations are continuing and hey everything's cool for now uh he made a comment about getting a bid from a chinese club for 35 million euros um but uh, and a lot of people are interpreting that as though he's say he's trying to drive the price up for Everton. Um, but a lot of other people are are saying, hey, what he's saying is he wants to do right by Jing Dosun. All right, he he values him very much, and he wants to make sure whatever happens is the right thing for him. He's essentially saying that the t- amount is not as important as the destination. Uh, Everton, uh, Jink Tosin supposedly wants Everton. So he wants to try to honor the player's wishes, but additionally he wants it to be to, he wants it to be a move that's a little bit better for the player's career. Also, there's been, there's been some other people speculating that the fee is agreed and that's not even the issue here. Uh, and... <laughs> And uh, the real thing at issue is the payment structure and uh, how the payments are going to work. So uh, basically the president of Besiktas has, is, is in England uh, meeting up with Everton's people to try to hash all this out. So that's where we are today. 
and it could be changing right now as I speak. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the video. Now, here's the thing. People have said that the movie is still going to take place, but they haven't said whether or not we caved on the two million. They haven't said. So we don't know if our holding firm actually got results or if we were like, you know what, we just need a striker. So Here's my issue. We did this all summer with Sigurdsson, and yep. it was just the most time-wasting exercise ever, and it just meant he was less prepared to come into the side and took months to settle. We're in January. We need someone to come in and firing on all cylinders from the off. You know, I, me personally, I, I'd want to be in the squad for Friday. Doesn't yeah. look like that's going to be the case now. So it's really frustrating if they're just over two million because you know this day and age, two million is nothing. I know, uh, hag, uh, as you say, they're hag, haggling over two million, especially in January. I, I don't, I, I don't quite understand that because I think anyone involved in football knows that you have to pay over the odds to get anyone in in yeah, January. Exactly. Anyway. So I don't know why this wasn't expected, really. You know, uh, yeah. trying to bring anyone in, particularly of a of a quality that Tosun seems to be at, it's always hard to bring people in in January because you know you'll be messing up other other squads' plans. Mm. Yeah, but Sixas yeah. have done that wrong, have they? Like, two million. If, if they, they they're within their right to call the price because as, as you've said, it, it they're losing one of their star players, so if they want. An extra couple of mil for it. You're just gonna have to pay. Yeah, it's rough though because I know if I if I had a deal with Max to buy his zip pullover so I can fit in, and I said, Max, how much? Hold on, what's what's wrong with my one? <laughs> I have no excuses on that one. I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I'm, no, I'm sick of the favoritism towards Max. Sick of it. <laughs> Just because he's the more handsome chap on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, don't put the spotlight on me. You know, don't like <laughs> Max hates it. He like absolutely it hates it. <laughs> he squirms more than anything every time. <laughs> but but if I if I made, I made an offer to Max and Max said, hey, look, it's 10 pounds. And I said, hey, what's that in dollars? And Max said, I don't know. That's your job. But we worked it out. Okay. And I'm about to pay him. And Max goes, no. Hold on. I know how badly you want this. Now I, I want another five pounds on top of it. Well, he, kn- he knows you well, Max. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if that happens, I would be pissed. I would be. That would annoy me, you know? Um, so I, I get Everton, you know, kind of standing firm because if it does – it also – a lot of it is – I think they felt like they've been taken advantage of in previous transfers, and that's probably coming into this as well, you know? Jerry, do you- do you feel like, though, they should have anticipated a little bit exactly. that something like that might happen? What's your thoughts on that? I feel like if it was five or ten mil or two million, I don't know. I feel like you've just kind of maybe got to have a buffer zone when it comes to football and accept that you might have to pay a little bit more or a little bit less than what you've agreed. You know, but bear in mind, we're signing him while he's fully match fit. You know, the... He's still fully implemented in the Seacast's plans. He just he does look like a transfer that if it does go ahead, you know, touch wood, he'll hit the ground running. So if you're going to sign someone that's going to be fit and firing from the moment that they pull on the kit, then yeah. paying, it is, as David said, an extra five ten. I don't know why you don't expect that. It is interesting that you say that, though, Jerry. that maybe the, the psychology of the other previous window could be playing a factor in. In it that wouldn't surprise me, but you'd like to think the 
they put that maybe ego side of it or whatever it is to one side and just get the deal done because we're so desperate and the manager is the one coming out and blaming our results on the lack of firepower up front. Yeah, ever since we kind of got this influx of money, that's something that we've kind of developed a reputation for, I think, since the Balassi transfer. Really, I mean, the money that we paid for Balassi. I don't know how this wasn't anticipated, really. So, yeah, as you say, haggling over five, ten million of a fear that we're being taken advantage of, especially for a Premier League team and the amount of money that they get from TV deals and et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's not even five or ten, is it? It's only well, two at the moment, I believe. Yeah, so. exactly. It, number one, this is all if all the things that are being said are yeah. true. All right? So there's there's that. I will say, though, how many deals out of, would you say, five do you agree a fee and then right before, just as the player gets to your country so that he can come in for a medical, all of a sudden they call and say, wait, we want two more million. I just don't think that happens very often. Um, I do think that it's, they should expect the team to ask for more money, but this is pretty late in the game. Like supposedly this demand came out like, what was it? Sunday morning. You know, mm-hmm. before, before, uh, no, was it Sunday or Monday morning? Either way, supposedly it was supposed to go down. Supposedly he was supposed to be at Finch Farm really soon. He was supposed to be at Goodison on, you know, at the Man U game. All this stuff was supposed to happen. Uh, and it's just, it's a strange thing. So I'm trying to decide, you know, you mentioned it, they're fully in their rights. And I think technically that is correct. You know what I mean? Like technically... I don't think anyone can argue that because it's their player. He's a really valuable player to them. They love his ass, you know? Um, and, and, but supposedly, this is Everton is his first choice. He had options yeah. to go other places, but he said no. And that's another reason why we're standing firm, supposedly, was because Tosun said, I want to go there. And they could always keep him, but he may be kind of disenfranchised after that. So it's a weird situation. I don't blame us for saying, hold on, we're not total suckers here. But I think if we end up paying it, we've just delayed us feeling like total suckers anyway. Especially that Man United performance. I I can probably understand why they come out and say that after a performance like Man United. You know what I mean? I heard that. (laughs) We're so in in movement in the attacking third or Mm -hmm. options in the attacking third. It's bad. Yeah, I feel like we we do well just to get away with paying an extra two million. To be honest, after that Man United game yeah. and Bournemouth as well. To be honest, um, I'm sure. I think the next forty eight hours will be massive, won't be? Oh, another possibility for for them for Bichitas on the replacement is Islam Slimani, uh, who's playing for Leicester, who scored. That was another mm-hmm. rumor is that their price went up because he scored. He scored, you know, in their game. I- feel like it'd be really difficult at the moment to kind of lure players from the Premier League to another league, say like the Turkish League, just because it seems to be a bit the holy grail at the moment, doesn't it, for a lot of players playing there? I guess it depends. I mean, if he's going to get to play Champions League against Bayern Munich, that's pretty cool. Yeah, true. I'm I'm besick that's a a very big club as well. They're huge. Play in front of, what was it, 30 odd thousand every week in the loud and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, there's loads of factors to it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, basically, 
No one knows exactly what's going on. Uh, a lot of people claim to. Some ITKs out there are saying this is done. Uh, no idea who to trust. All I know is the Turkish reports early on were, pre- for the most part, they were leading toward the, the transfer happening. And right now they still are. So that's I'm, – I'm feeling confident about this right now. Um, but I still have faith. I'm with you. I still have faith. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to believe a thing until I see how I'm this year. You know, I'm just keep uh, it I'm balanced. Just, yeah, we like keep it You know, I, I just, I, I, it's just, it's, 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 it's inevitable <laughs> to stress it out as much as possible before anything actually happens. So, I, I anticipate all these speed bumps in a the transfer. There were some stories that came out where uh, Steve Walsh actually called. Tosun up and said, you need to be ready to play Friday. You need to be ready to be available to play Friday. So Walsh is confident. Tosun is supposedly confident. I don't know, guys. Uh, oh, no, what, Jerry? Genuinely, I thought you were lining up a joke. Is that is that actually meant to be in the case? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Not everything I say oh. is, a, is a joke, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good sign, I think, man, because... Uh, yeah. I just could not see us going to Anfield with the attacking options that we've got at the minute and getting yeah. a result. But hopefully, it can come off. Well, that'd be one way to introduce yourself, wouldn't it? Yeah. 8,000 8, 8, 8, Evertonians yeah. at Anfield and scoring in the Annie Road last 10 minutes. It's like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess uh, anything else on on Jink, guys? On Jink Tosun? Cool. Tosun. We're, we're still, yeah, hurry up. Let's make this happen. Um, yeah, I know we need them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, is the price hike of $2 million true? Well, uh, it's all over the place. We don't know. Uh, one thing is for sure, uh, we should know more things about this either today or tomorrow. How many times have we heard 48 hours as Everton supporters? Maybe 48 hours. But I guess that's it on our uh, on our Tosun update. This is a Remember Me segment. We do this every once in a while. A player that uh, time tends to forget because time it happens. But we're here to remind you about this player. This player happened! And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what this is. Remember Me... This player arrived January 30th, 2014. This is a good one to do in the winter transfer window, you know? Because a lot of... It was another very weird Everton transfer. But this was one of those where we actually stole a player from another team. All right? Because this guy was going to West Ham on loan. They needed a striker. We needed a second striker. So this was a perfect opportunity. A big, imposing guy. You know, you see this guy and you see, you see oh, wow, he's 6'8". Are you kidding? That's incredible. We're so, we're so psyched. We're like, this guy's going to win every header ever. And then the more you research him, you realize, oh, he doesn't really like playing in the air very much. He's 6'8", <laughs> and he likes to play the ball on the ground. Okay? So that was weird. But it was very Martinez to, to, to find a player who's all about the football rather than finishing dead balls. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. We managed to scoop this guy right out from under West Ham. Uh, 
His name, Lucina Traore. Funny, funny situation with this guy because we we didn't we weren't sure that it was actually happening. It was all rumors, and then all of a sudden, here's a photo of him in a grocery store. Yeah, in in height and all something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> What a face! What a face place to visit, by the way. Oh. You, you come to Maisie side. Where are you gonna go? I'm gonna go to Heighton. All right, yeah. <laughs> Not that he ends up with Heighton, but I mean, my mum lives in Heighton, so it's okay. But I, I love how I'm laughing, like I know what you're talking about. I'm really just laughing yeah. that he was there and he was spotted, but then I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Heighton, yeah. right? Am I right, guys? Heighton. <laughs> like, no, Hailwood. I think it was Hailwood. It's more likely to be Hailwood with Finch Farmer being in Hailwood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I remember that picture of me. I think he had his hood up as well. Like, <laughs> you, know, you look like an NBA player, mate. You're not hiding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. I've just been slating height, and for everyone who's watching from height, and then we, he, he wasn't even in height. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so, Sorry about that. So, Sorry about that to the two dogs. <laughs> uh, so a little bit little bit more on Lucina Traore had one appearance played Swansea. once Swansea uh, got a goal touched the ball very few times and one of those touches was a back heel records. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. back heel as well back heel goal you know six foot eight guy getting a back heel goal and then <laughs> manages to get hurt in warm ups against Chelsea yeah. Away. It was a big one. Yeah, I feel like Richard Wright done that about 12, 13 years ago. He, Richard Wright, the goalkeeper, got injured on the sign that said keep off the grass. And he was on that part of the grass and got injured whilst doing so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That summed up his career, to be honest with you. If anything summed up Richard Wright's Everton career, it was that moment. Yeah, I remember... Uh... In high school, me and my friends went out to go play American football because none of them actually played, you know, football. And one of my buddies who never did anything athletic, he was a swimmer, okay? One of my, and he's never going to watch this, so I have no worry about him seeing this. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking as we were walking up, I was like, you know, I don't know how he's going to do because he just doesn't normally play contact sports. <laughs> on the way to play, sprains his ankle on the sidewalk as we're walking <laughs> up to play. And I was just thinking, there's a the metaphor. There is your metaphor yeah. right there. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so just a weird situation. So it, right after he played for us, he went back. He didn't stay. We didn't, we didn't make the move permanent. Uh, went, to, uh, went back to Monaco, then immediately back to CSKA Moscow. Got eight goals. Um, then he went to Sporting Gijon, got two goals there. Uh, then he's on loan this year to Amiens in the French League. Huh? If I'm not mistaken, he's still on the books at Monaco, isn't he? Yeah, he's on. Yeah, he's technically so, yeah. still with Monaco. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Is he available now? Yes or no? Because if it gets to January the thirtieth again, and we haven't got a striker for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll scrape. We'll be scraping the barrel at that point, but bring him in. He's I mean, not, he, he solves the long ball issue, doesn't he? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a target man. He's yeah. uh, he, but he's on loan, so he's probably not available. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know much like about to think the team. It, yeah, I'd like to think Everton. We're not we're setting our sights on him again. Four yeah. years on, 
He doesn't really say. seem like a big Sam signing, does he? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he would sign a five foot six player who's better in the air than a six foot eight yeah. player who likes to keep the ball at his feet. You know, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. He's got zero goals this season, two assists. Um, you know, anyway, strange. What a bizarre transfer situation for us. And honestly, I was excited. I, I thought it was yeah, actually was, a pretty yeah. cool signing when it happened. Yeah, I mean, he was coming into a, a, one of the best Everton teams in recent memory as well, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I think we had high hopes for anyone who came into that team. But, I mean, if you, you, can't, you can't sort yourself out in a warm-up then. <laughs> yeah. He seemed to be one of those players that had built a reputation without really, it felt like you hadn't actually watched him. It's like you knew about him and he had a name, but you hadn't actually seen that much of him. So... You were excited and telling everyone we're getting that Traore, but in reality you were like, yeah. is he any good? Or And then he scored, because he didn't even play that well, did he? But uh-huh. he scored, and then... Come back a scramble yeah. at the corner, wasn't he? He just yeah. like, swung his heel back at the ball. <laughs> I mean, nobody nobody that, that I knew had ever heard of him. Uh, he was playing with Anji Mikashkala. Yeah, in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you remember for a while though, they they basically tried to do like a Man City, didn't they? Yeah, and he, he just money, tried. Yeah, they wanted to basically become Champions League winners in about five years. So, but they just kind of bought a load of average mercenaries who kind of had a bigger name than skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam Still can't believe I've seen him play for Everton. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? So, so basically, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like we've we've given this uh, a lot of attention. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I actually I can't... feel I feel like we've done really well considering he played one game. Because <laughs> his, I mean, his his Everton career is literally just a, a tiny little blip. Not even a blip. It's more <laughs> yeah. of a blur. It's just so yeah. brief. Uh, but yeah. it was at a time when we we looked good and we needed a second striker, and mm. we were thinking. Here's a guy who's got some size. Maybe, just maybe, Martinez could do something with him and gradually bring him along, develop him. Uh, mm. Got hurt before he really even had the chance. So, yeah. Uh, any any other Lucina Triore tidbits? You guys have any st- crazy Triore study stories from from uh, him being memories? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just know he had a little blonde mohican going on, didn't he? Yeah. Just kind of like that. Yep. That's why I figured he had his hood on. <laughs> it's like if he has his hood on, he's just some tall guy who probably plays in the NBA. But he, but if you see that shock of blonde hair, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I remember watching him play for Anji Makishkawa. <laughs> yeah. No. He was... He was rocking that haircut before Pogba, really. He was yeah. doing a Pogba before Pogba, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, that's where Pogba got it from. Yeah. He admired the so To be fair, I, I, I did hear that Pogba had um, like, posters of him in his room when he was a little bit younger in his Everton kit, running off there in his little celebration. So I think that's where he's got the uh, inspiration from there. <laughs> and on that bombshell... <laughs> yeah. Hold oh, no, on, no, let's just... <laughs> Uh, once again, David with his ITK knowledge. Uh, it's it's maybe the most useless ITK knowledge you'll ever hear. That's what we do here. Uh, you want insider it's a, it's, transfer info? No. Yeah. 
It's about as trustworthy as the actual ITK knowledge out there as well. It's, yeah, equal in, uh, in reliability. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Do you remember him, Lucina Traore? It's a new year. It is. Uh, my calendar told me this. Uh, so we haven't done like a year in review kind of thing. Uh, so instead of doing that, we are doing a best and worst of 2017, um, which is is interesting because that actually encapsulates two half seasons from an Everton point of view. So uh, it's weird because when we think about you know the best player, or the worst player, it literally is for from. One half of a season and another half of a season. That signing, best signing, well, it's not from the first half of 2016. It's from, it's just very, going cross-eyed just thinking about it. Um, I feel what makes it worse as well, sorry to cut you off, but is the two contrasting seasons as well, aren't they? Which just makes it so much harder. Yeah. See how it goes. So we'll have, we'll we'll be naming our best and worst stuff. And then uh, inevitably a lot of these will have a, a little explanation of them because you know maybe your best player is also not or is not your best signing you know what i mean because one happened a different year for example is what that's what happened to me sorry so that uh, we we're gonna start with our best with who do you think your best player was your best everton player in 2017 max so I'm, inclined, I'm inclined to say Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Um, I think purely because of the, I, I've got him down as my best signing as well. Um, I think I know a lot of people, a lot of neutral football fans view that transfer as like the prodigal son coming home. But as in, from an Evertonian perspective, I kind of interpreted that transfer as a. Um, a potential shift in the mentality that the club's carried for so many years. Really, it, it's bringing in a winner into a into a squad and a club that just lacks complete winning mentality. All right, um, Adrissa Gay is my play of the year. I think. Um, I think uh, last season he was he was a revelation um, and kept up that form going into the new year of 2017, and then. He he did have a difficult spell, I thought, over a couple of months this year. But when it when the whole team is, it's hard to kind of put any responsibility on him. And just over these last this last month or so, I think he's got back to his best. And when you think that we only paid about eight million pounds for him on that previous summer, yeah, I think he has to be my player of the year. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let everybody out there know. Not only did David not give me the memo about the pullovers, but he stole my best player and literally everything I was going to say about the best player, word for word. <laughs> what actually happened is I seen Jerry's sheet of what he was going to write and I said, <laughs> I thought, oh, I've done, I haven't done my research again. Uh-huh. I'm just going just gonna to say whatever Jerry says because I know that he lets me go first. <laughs> Uh, 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 the mistake was actually cheating off the American guy's paper, David. That's uh, <laughs> that's where you went wrong. Uh, so yeah, honestly, Ghana's Ghana's my guy. Um, he came in and was immediately impactful. We're a different team without him. Uh, he is 
he's everywhere. Uh, I mean, when you lead, when you're, you're when you're amongst the European leaders in interceptions and tackles, you're, you're having an impact. Uh, I, I think the fa- the fact that we paid what little we did to get him is insane. Sometimes yeah. Everton gets fortunate with their signings. Uh, that's the thing. So, uh, yeah, that's my that's my best player. Um, the next player, next uh, next category, worst player. I struggled with this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it um, because a worst player can sometimes be a player with a lot of potential. You know, mm-hmm. because you can't measure potential when they don't actually do anything. So, I feel like some comebacks coming my way. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I'm gonna. No, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything. All right, I'm not gonna step on your toes. <laughs> All right. So, who wants to go first? All right, because I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm. I'm so. I don't even know if mine's a good answer. I'm not confident. So, um, do you not want to go first because you went last last time, and I don't want you kicking off over there, giving me a tough time. Okay. okay, I can go first. I can. Okay, that way you're not going to be expecting me to come back at you sometime in this in this. Segment. I feel like a, prof- a professional outfit would probably just ask each ask each other beforehand, but we're like, go on, what's yours? We'll take turns. I also like the the surprise, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- we want everything to be genuine on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't edit these at all. Uh, so- <laughs> We definitely didn't have a a ten minute conversation about Frasier last time we recorded. Uh, <laughs> all right, so my worst player. Uh, if you'd have asked me just after Kuman left, I would have easily said Cuco Martina. Um, despite the fact that I didn't think he was as bad as people said, uh, I, I I still would have said he's he's the worst. Uh, however. Um, He's actually made some impact since Sam came in. Um, has done not nearly as bad as you expected. Max, I see that look. It's not nearly as bad, all right? He has helped us get clean sheets. There have been games where he led us in tackles. I'm not even kidding. So I can't say Cuco Martina, all right? I'm going to say a player that has had very little impact, but he's only had half a – and I think he does have potential. Ugh. Davey Clawson. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just think he's not even making the squad now. Even Sandro was making the squad, um, and we paid. I mean, we we apparently we overpaid for Davy. I hope he kicks ass. I really do, and I feel guilty for even saying his name, but it's just it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next and have a much Mark better answer? Mark James. Now, now you kind of mentioned that you kind of sprung another name right into me head. The kind of name that's ultimately. Like the second name that pops into your head as soon as you mentioned Davy Classon. I was gonna say Ashley Williams, but I think his form's recovered dramatically as of late. Mm-hmm. But I think it's only fitting to say Sandro Ramirez, really. I um, thought about that too. He was my first answer actually. So I'm, I'm yeah. totally with you on that. Yeah, definitely after, you know, the under the the, the under twenty under 21s or under 23s, Euros that he had in the summer, you know. He just looked like the real deal. And I know that's a phrase that gets thrown about a lot in football with all these um, abs- like ab- abstract players. But Sandro Ramirez, you know, bastard academy products, was banging them in for a, a relatively average side in Malaga. 
and you just think, you know, we can be his big break where he can be the leading man and and bag, and he just hasn't adapted at all. Yeah. And what what really kind of rung a bell for me was Sam. You know, he wasn't even prompted to talk about Sandro, but Sandro was the first name that he mentioned when he was talking about attacking players, yeah. not having the impact that he would like. So you know, uh, I think Sandro's been the most disappointing player. No, what I hate the most when somebody says they're not going to do something and do it. And that's exactly what you've just done to me, Jerry. You said you're not going to stand on me toes and you stood square <laughs> on me big toe with, with heels on. With heels on, mate. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to add another answer on to mine. But, uh, yeah, mine was classing just because it, it's not just... The lack of performance on the pitch clearly he's not doing enough off the pitch either in training because he's not even making the squad and yeah. I feel like when your confidence is low maybe that can be used as an excuse when you're out in front of 40,000 in, in the Premier League but behind closed doors you know there's only you and the other players and you've got to be performing there and getting yourself in a position to be picked and he's clearly not doing enough so um, class and, and another one for me which some people may disagree with but it's something that we and Max actually spoke about, Jerry, whilst you were on the loo. Um, now they know was... I used the bathroom, David. <laughs> no one ever thought I, I went the pee, and now they know. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, normally you just do it in that book in the corner, so it was nice he was actually going to use the toilet. It's a coffee <laughs> can, David. Get it right. Okay. <laughs> I can't relate because my wouldn't fit in there. That's all you mean. <laughs> 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 yeah, only the, only the classiest <laughs> jokes from, from <laughs> our show, folks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that joke could go on and on. I was about to talk about getting the lads out to unravel it, but I thought, no, we haven't got all night. Um, yeah, but no, another real disappointing transfer for me actually is being keen. Um, yeah. I think I was expecting a lot and. There was talk of fighting off the likes of United to mm. get a signature, and I just think he he hasn't looked terrible, but I think he's looked so bang average, and he was meant to be almost our kind of defender that we were going to build our team around, certainly defensively, over the next five years, and I, I prefer him not to be inside at the moment. Um, so yeah, Keane and Klassen this year have been really disappointing for me. Yeah, I, early on in the year, I, I thought Keane at the time was one of our strongest was our strongest player because uh, mm. he was he was getting player player of the match he was he was he was looking he was looking all right and then his confidence gradually went down yesterday against united that blind stab that he just did at pogba uh, you know, oh. it, it was uh, it, it was really difficult to watch so i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, i just feel like he's a yard slower than everybody else when he just slow to react and his challenges aren't great and you said before Max on yeah. like it's 20p pence his head has just been awful because there's been you know he, he, I think against Chelsea it was as well he had a really really good um, he was unmarked glad the street end headed you know yeah. and he, he just ballooned it over the bar so yeah, yeah. he's disappointing yeah uh, I want to make sure, make sure everybody out there knows, though, um, we are not writing these players off just because we said that they are, no. you know, our worst player at the moment. 
Um, it's just they're, they're ones we thought were the worst, our worst player in uh, 2017. Uh, these are yeah. players that could fully come back and be amazing. All right. Uh, so yeah, before um, we'd be happy. Yeah, we'd love that. Uh, next best signing, David. Why don't you go first? Hmm. Probably I the only. Yeah, that was said with a bit of malice there. <laughs> the atmosphere in the uh, Toffee Blue getting- Towers <laughs> is getting a bit steamy. <laughs> no, I. Um, <sighs> I think for me, it's probably probably Pickford. Um, he's he's just being relaxed. He's definitely not the final product by any stretch. I think his kicking's a bit suspect sometimes, and even the old goal he's being a little bit suspect for. But when you think about how poor and you know unbalanced the defence has been at times, and he's, he's still being really solid for us. So, and you can see the class that he's going to be. He's going to be a great goalkeeper. Suddenly, you're no longer thinking about getting a, a goalkeeper again. You, mm-hmm. you know, like you felt like for so long with the likes of Howard and that, you're always thinking we could probably do with another number one, like a real number one. But you just feel like we've got that position sewn up now. So that's yeah, very happy with Pickford. Mm-hmm. Go on, Jerry. Just, just, just get it out of the way. Come on, don't, don't, just don't start with the drama. Just get it out of the way. It's Pickford, <laughs> just like David. Max, who's your pick? <laughs> totally serious too yeah i I really uh, honestly i uh it's funny like idrissa gay was my best player but because he was not technically signed in 2017 i couldn't say he was the best signing so i i also think pickford uh by far has been our best signing in my opinion and now max is going to refute the hell out of it with his next words. <laughs> yeah, man, 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 as I said earlier, I was more I was going to be inclined to say Bruni just because mm-hmm. of the kind of shift in mentality that bringing him in indicates. But you know, I, I just want to touch you on that what David said there. I, I remember I remember conversations from say five years ago that I was having saying, "Oh, I think we need to bring in another goalkeeper." So to bring in. Jordan Pickford, who looked like he's going to be the best keeper that Evans had. Well, I don't want to sound harsh on Howard, but Howard did go considerably poor towards the end of his Evan career. And, you know, uh, I don't think I'd be talking about what I'm saying. I think Pickford's probably the best keeper that we've had since Southworth. Um, but I'm just, just so... I had a bit of diversity to the, to the park. I'm just going to say Rooney, because I just... The, the mentality that he brings the side, that winning mentality, the winning every inch, you know, contesting decisions from referees that we would never have done. Yeah. Yeah. To be be fair, Rooney would have been my second. Mm. Rooney would have been maybe my 11th or 12th. No, of course. No, because he's he's he's, you're talking about a player (laughs) and a captain, you know? So it's not just... It's not just his play on the field, which has looked mature for the most part and intelligent. Scoring goals with his intelligence. Now we're we're talking about the worst signing. Okay, Max, your turn to lead. Uh, again, it, it's kind of a, it's it's a toss between Clashen and Sandro. You know, I could I could give you ten minutes on each of them, detail on how much promise that the pair of them had. Really, you know. Davy Klassen, Ajax captain, and that is an achievement that shouldn't go, you know, shouldn't just 
be overlooked. I mean, right. becoming Ajax captain is a huge achievement, you know, to to have the adoration of, of those fans like he still does today. And, and, you know, from when I've watched them as well, it, almost Frank Lampard-esque in, in Holland. And you're thinking, you know, maybe he can come over here and match the intensity of the Premier League and be a really influential player. And it just looks like he's he just failed miserably at that. I don't want to write him off because I still do feel he's got the potential to be a massive player. But he's just, you know, to not, again, as, as we reiterate, re- reiterate week after week, to not even be involved in the match day squads, you know, similar to Sandro when he was getting left out the squads from the summer that he had to, and the promise that he's shown to just to <laughs> suck that down is even by an Evertonian's perspective, it's shocking. Mm. And uh, I, I couldn't pick between Ramirez or Klassen for the reasons that I, I don't really think I need to echo them. Just huge disappointments compared to what they look like they were going to bring. Um, I'm going to say Klassen again just because uh, Sandro has a goal and he's actually making some match day squads lately. And Klassen yeah. cost cost more money. Mm. He cost about yeah. four times what Sandro cost. So that's why I'm, I don't know. I, again, when I watch Klassen, there are things I appreciate about his game. His one-touch football is, is intelligent. But there are things that he's lacking. Athleticism, uh, his ability to be able to push the ball forward, which is what we need right now. We need a Ross Barkley kind of character who can push that ball forward and start connecting the defense in the, in, in the mids with our strikers, with our forwards. And Klassen mm-hmm. hasn't really been the guy to do that. Um, so, yeah. Again, I, I, I appreciate certain things about his game, but right now I have to call in the worst signing because Martina's been contributing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's stay negative. Uh, your worst moment of 2017 by Chelsea away it was embarrassing it was watching it and thinking what am I watching um, was that this the the this fall um, it was it was early in the in the year I think it might have even been in the January of 2000 are you sure that wasn't sure 2016 was, yeah, was it I looked it up that's the one I'm if that's the one I'm thinking of I was like because I agree that was awful so I, <laughs> so I think that's 2016. Oh, that just that's, that goes how much that's kind of been on my mind and one of the yeah. worst ever, ever really. Terrible. Yeah. I've, I've got, I hate to do this because it's using up games here, but I've got two really. One was United when we got before 4-0 just because Lukaku getting getting that kind of, mm. you know, getting, getting one over on us and the way he reacted was a sickener to be honest. Plus the performance wasn't great, but then, that Atalanta, I don't think that can be top for me, and that was that was a dark moment. That was that was by far the most bizarre Everton game I've ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen Goodison Park like that, and then to to get beat so badly by such a and this is no disrespect to Atalanta, but they're not a, a, a massive side in Italy, and to be beat so comprehensively was just embarrassing. That was a real low point. That. Uh... I think we're gonna we're gonna have different answers. This is awesome. It's a first. Uh, mine is weird because the score for my worst moment was actually we drew with the team. Uh, 
I was really, really, I don't know, I, I got really down after the Apollon home game. Mm. Uh, giving up that late goal where they were a man down, right? I hated that. I was livid because additionally, that result kind of made me start thinking, I don't think we're going to be back in Europa League. I think we are going, I think this is the worst. Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I do, because now you've mentioned that you can't kind of cause a little spark in my brain. Can I just go for the, oh, the, the away game against Atalanta? Was that 4 0 or 3 0? Uh, I think it's 3 0. It's 3 0. Uh, sh- we might. Shite as well. I'm thinking, Jesus, because it was kind of the. I think it was the first game as well. Yeah. The campaign. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah. You're thinking, announce your intentions, because obviously we, you know, we we got off to a rough start in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can get a run in Europe, and to to not even. And I mean, granted, we all knew that we had the relatively tough mm-hmm. Europa League group. But we still kind of expected to be topping that, and to yeah. you know, I just think it, it, it echoed what was to come. Really, mm. Mm. we might discuss that game again. God, just, not. just saying, it might come again. Uh, so tease him. That's right. Carrot. I dangled the <laughs> carrot. All right, so let's let's get a little bit more positive before we start weeping. Uh, best moment. And we are going to go best game, worst game after this. The 4-0 against Manchester. I think that's what I was getting mixed up in because that might have been the January of 2017. 4-0 against Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, uh, this is just a personal opinion. Pep Guardiola is probably, I believe, in my opinion, he's the best manager of all time. And to, to embarrass him and beat him 4-0 at Goodison Park, that was, you know, that was big. And the performance as well, I think in every aspect of the pitch, we just outclassed Manchester City to, and to see what they are now mm-hmm. under his guidance as well. To be one of only two teams that he hasn't beat in his career, I think that's yeah. ever Celtic. It, mm. It's a great feeling. Yeah, mine, mine was the same, 4-0. Well, it was... It was one of the rare, when you really look back on the year, it's one of the rare kind of great moments we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, for, uh, it was a great performance. It was the biggest defeat I think Guardiola's ever had in his uh, managerial club career. Um, but, yeah, that same for me. I enjoyed it. Everything went perfect. John Stones had a stinker. He was at fault yeah. for one of the goals. Uh, Tom Davis scored a fantastic solo goal. And Luckman come on. On his debut and scored as well. It was just a perfect day. My best moment was Davy's goal in yeah, that game, that was, in that exact same game you're talking about. It yeah. was awesome. That, mo- that moment where he, like Ronaldo chopped between Yaya Torre and uh, I can't remember yeah. who else it was, but yeah, it's to, to to start off the move and to finish it and then to niche slide and dive into the Gladys Street. Stuff of dreams. Mm-hmm. Stuff of dreams. He went, he, I think he went next level that day, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was also, I mean, I don't know if we need to go into our worst game, all right? Because my worst game was the Atalanta, you know, loss by three, yeah. where it basically I, I felt like it was a genuine punch in the gut. You will not do anything in Europe this season. 
That was my mm-hmm. that was my that was my worst this worst game of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. That know. was the first alarm bells, wasn't it? That oh shit, this isn't going to go to plan. Like this is for real. That that hurt. Uh, uh, and my best game was the same Man City game four zero. That was just there's not such many a high. to choose from, is there? No, there's not many to choose from. Sadly, we've had a, we've we've just had another kind of stuck at the glass. Well, not even that because we've even fell below that. We're going to say, but you know, we just had the glass ceiling really. But mm. oh well, yeah, we're not even at the glass ceiling. Are we? Took like, a, we took a dip now, and yeah. we're just like one of these mid-table clubs, and it's just yeah. not what you want to see from the club that you support. Yeah. The yeah. good thing that happened in 2017, we did manage to secure European football. That was great. That was a good thing mm-hmm. that happened in that year. And I'm trying to move this into a positive since we're so shit right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, something good did happen in 2017. It's not the worst year in the world for Everton, but it just happens oh. to be ending on a not great note. So... Anything else, guys? Anything uh, else you want to go? Bring on 2018. Yeah. This is going to be our year. May 2018. All right, copy. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we don't say that. <laughs> nice. Oh, let's just try. Uh, let's just you know. Let's just try and achieve something in 2018. You know. Let, let, I mean, I know we we've got the on Friday in the cup, but if we can get a result there, let's try and run for the cup or. You know what I'd like to see, which I think is achievable, genuinely, forget silverware and stuff. I'd like to see Everton just going back to winning some big games again, yeah. whether it just be a good decision. I feel like we just we constantly fold under big games and pressure. And it'd be great to just, wouldn't it be great to, like, you know, beat some of the top six, maybe win, if we win the derby or not, for Hardy, I don't know. But even, you know, we've got another one at Goodison late mm-hmm. in the year. You know, win that one and just start. We're getting a bit of belief back in big games. I think if we could at least do that this year and finish the year still in a couple of cup competitions as well, like you know the League Cup and the preliminaries of the FA Cup, then you know we're on our way back to kind of a strong finish to the the season and then build on it next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of having to set up defensively uh, and and try to stave off the other team. Uh, you know, p- to be able to figure out a way to actually get some chances against the big teams. Yeah. You know, I think that's that'd be a, a solid goal for this coming year. Yeah, I, I think just the, the current squad is a really awkward squad to have because with us being so poor, you still don't know whether we need a complete overhaul or whether it's just a few adjustments. You know, I've seen a few fans kind of discussing that on Twitter after the Man United game. Someone feels like the current Everton squad might t- take five to ten years to completely overhaul and yeah. start looking positive again. But you know, I mean, I, I, no, no disrespect to whoever that was, but I think that's crazy because it doesn't take five or ten years to overhaul a squad, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think it can, the squads can change very quick now, especially when we've got a bit of money behind us. I don't know. Maybe you two disagree. I'm not sure, but that five or ten years seems very long-winded and. You know, Man City were, you know, within within five years they went from being a um, a nothing side to like winning Premier League titles. So I think we we we've got a better squad than what they did when they first got that oil money. So, yeah. so I, I think some fine tuning is what we need, and maybe the the, the right play in the right position. Yeah, 
Mm. I think it's I think it's going to take two years. Mm. Two years to get Champions League ca- caliber squad. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally split the difference between what you're saying and what you're saying because it's the best chance of me being right. I, I don't. I, I I just I don't I don't see Everton. I've just never been completely honest. I don't see Everton being a Champions League team. Mm. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's the personnel though. I think Everton have just got a really well. I, I don't want to go back into it because we're going to finish on a low. We'll we'll talk about it again. I think later in the week, given the fixture that's coming up, but we've all spoke about it before. I just think it's the mentality within the club. We haven't had a big yeah. club mentality. I think that's where I think that's where the five and ten years is coming from because I don't think just, really? I don't, just me and the squad. I think the complete mentality of you know backroom staff who's in charge, etc., etc. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is actually, I think, a really good subject for a separate video. Yeah, we will. You know what I mean? Because I, it's another one of those genuine questions that right now there's no answer to. There's no right answer. All you can do is come up with something you think works and be able to back it up with evidence, and that's the best you can do. You know, because all three of us are like, yeah, we think this because of this, but it's all, Mm. you know, guesswork, really. it's a good topic, though. Damn, it's a good mm-hmm. topic. Um, and the, only the people who give a shit about the club are, are going to have it, have this conversation. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, we should probably end this. Um, 2018 uh, needs to be better than 2017. Yeah. That's what yeah, we're yeah. going to say. Yeah. All right. So uh, can we can we put a bow around this? Wrap it up? Feeling yeah. good? Let's wrap it up. All right. So that is our 2017 best worst list. Additionally, uh, that's the end of the big show for all you podcasters out there. Thank you very much for listening to us via podcast. Subscribe to us and uh, rate us if your uh, format allows you to. Uh, Additionally, if you're digging the videos, please subscribe. Uh, Really close to 300. We may actually be at 300 by the time these videos hit the web. Uh, Thanks a lot for that. Uh, leave a like, leave a comment. Let's talk. What are your 2017 best worst? You're probably going to rip ours a new one. That's fine. We're good with that. Um, but yeah, uh, check out these guys' uh, work on the Toffee Blues website, both of them. They have lots of stuff on Toffee Blues website. All right. Um, additionally, David's got some stuff on the Sportsman. And uh, But yeah, I think that's it. We will bid you adieu. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later in the week. Bye.